0: Since the very beginning of humanity, God's invitation, His gratuitous, His marvelous invitation to new life, perfect happiness in Him, has been consistently ignored and or outrightly rejected by us. Adam and Eve lived in perfect beatitude with the Lord. They chose something else. While Moses was receiving from the very hand of God the Ten Commandments, the Israelites were down at the bottom of the mountain worshiping a calf made of gold. Established in the promised land, given a king with wisdom beyond measure, and even the king himself, Solomon, fell into idolatrous behavior and gave way to his lusts. Presented with God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, at his moment of greatest need, all but his mother and the beloved disciple abandoned him in shame. We also know this in our own life, because we know the power, the beauty, the majesty of the gift of faith, hope, and love implanted in us in baptism. But we also know the reality of our sins and, in some cases, the depravity of our sins. We know what it's like to receive this invitation from God, this invitation to new life, to a feast beyond measure, beyond our wildest dreams, and to ignore it or to walk away, or to beat up the messenger. Imagine, if you will, and this should strike pause into us, if you received a wedding invitation and you beat the messenger to death. This is insanity. This is the craziness. But this is what Jesus is trying to say to us about sin and our choice to live in that reality and to choose those things ahead of him. He is giving us everything we need right there in front of us, inviting us to that new life. And yet we do and oftentimes choose something totally incommensurate with that wonderful and amazing gift. And unfortunately, here in this country in particular, we have seen over the last 30 years perhaps the greatest rejection or walking away from the Catholic faith in the history of the world, in Western Europe and the United States. About 80% of young adults who were baptized in the Catholic faith, my peers, my best friends and family members, have either ignored outright the message that Jesus has given to them that they received in the sacraments, or have rejected the faith altogether. As a Newman Center, this should give us particular pause and concern. I'll get into that in a minute. And now I'll give you kind of three main reasons, a little scientific, a little anecdotal, as to why so many young people in particular, but people of all ages, either ignore the faith or reject it altogether. The first is institutional. We have to recognize and we have to come to grips because we still seemingly have not come to grips with the immensity and the problematic and the depravity and the, frankly, demonic nature of the sex abuse crisis in the church and the cover-up, right? The cover-up's probably even worse. The lies, the duplicity, to cover-up heinous behavior. We still have to come to grips with the fact that institutionally, we have lost credibility, perhaps all of it within the world. But not only do people have that institutional problem because of the sex abuse crisis, people look at the church as unyielding because the doctrines and the dogmas that we teach oftentimes fly in the face of the times and the contemporary mores. So we see people looking at the institution with suspicion or just walking away or ignoring it. That's just some fairy tale thing. If it works for you, God bless you. Good luck. But that's just silly. So there's the institutional problem, there's the intellectual problem because for so many people, especially the young people, we have undercut the immensity and the beauty and the richness of the intellectual tradition of our faith. We've limited it to just be nice to people, which is true, absolutely, we should be nice, we should be compassionate, but there is a depth and a rich and a beauty to our intellectual tradition. Well, because so many people have been deprived of that. We, they can't square what they're learning in their classes and in their studies with this seemingly capricious faith. And so they walk away. But not only that, you know, the institutional, the intellectual, we also see it in the personal. People come to church and are Ignored. People come to Mass or come to a priest and are rejected because of the way they feel or because of the color of their skin or their political ideas. Brothers and sisters, people walk away. People reject the church. But it should never stop us or it should never inhibit us from recognizing that they too are invited. We sometimes get so caught up in the battles, we look at the culture, we look at all these things, we fail to realize we need to invite people. What's going to save the church? What's going to rebuild it is not programs, but people loving people. Instead of saying, hey, come to this thing, hey, tell me your story investing in one another. Because there is suspicion, there is doubt, there is anger at the church, at me, at the world. And so instead of just writing people off, we have to remember that God invites everyone. And we are enriched by everyone. And so we must turn on into the Lord. Turn toward him. Come to the feast. But here's the thing. We have to be ready to follow and to go. It seems a bit harsh here at the end of the gospel, right? This guy is invited to the wedding feast. He comes dressed poorly and he gets thrown out. But in the church fathers, when they talk about this, he comes. the interpretation that a lot of them have is that when this person comes, he's coming because of the benefit he gets. The wedding garment equates him with everyone else. It clothes him in charity and in the love and the respect for the one who sends. But by rejecting that, he's coming on his own terms. And so we are called to come. And here's the question if all are invited and you're here and you've said yes to the Lord, are you ready? Are you clothed in that wedding garment? Are you ready for whatever the Lord puts in front of you? Are you ready to be the only person in your group of friends who loves Jesus and serves him and goes to mass, but to invite them anyway? It's never easy to follow Jesus. It's never easy to even go to a wonderful party because the Lord we know is calling us to even something more. He meets us where we are. He feeds us. He nourishes us. And then he calls us even to more. And so I look at my own life, and here's the reality. The demographics in this country and in this church mean that for my life, it is going to be, as a priest, it is going to be a hellacious It is going to be incredibly difficult. It is going to be hard because within the next 10 to 20 years, half of the Catholic population in this country and almost two-thirds of those who practice will probably be gone. It's going to be difficult. Like St. Paul, we might not, We sometimes we have abundance, but we're probably not going to have much of anything, financially or otherwise. But are we willing to trust? Are we willing to come clothed? in the garment that is necessary, that shows that respect, that opens our heart to something more? Or are we gonna walk away? Saint Paul says this beautiful line, Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. And I just wanna challenge each of you this evening to see that one thing as the invitation of being that faithful servant who goes out to the person who is lost or rejected, who goes out to that person who is alone, who finds and seeks to serve the Lord on the margins with those who don't feel community or love. And to remember what St. Paul says, I can do all things in Him who strengthens me. Because it is Jesus who sends us out. It is Jesus who gives us what we need. It is Jesus who we find when we come. Invite, open your hearts, and trust in the Lord.